honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table, cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show that I created to call attention to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve regional foods and agriculture. And this is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. And the theme song that you just heard was performed by Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee. And she has a brand new album out called Family Wars. And it is just great. And she is so popular now. We are so proud of her. And today we are setting the table with beef. I visit today with Martha Strong Kern of Strong Stock Farm, raising grass-fed Angus beef on a 900-acre farm established in 1791 in East Knox County. She is real proud of the quality and health of their animals that they raise, and the females in the herd have uh, been from the same line since 1942. And as a family, they are working on their ninth generation associated with this farm. And her people are the Kearns from Kearns Bread and Iams and Iams Nature Center. And those names are names that we're familiar with here in East Tennessee. And she's just as down to earth with deep, deep Tennessee roots. And we also get to hear from our friend Fred Saussman. And he tells a little story about his grandmother and her way of making stuffed peppers. Plus, I've got news about two events brought to us by nonprofit organizations that you might want to attend because they really help our community to be a better place. Thank you so much for your good company here today at the Tennessee Farm Table. I am just so happy to have your good company here at our big Tennessee table. Let's join Martha Strong-Kern right now and hear more about this Tennessee farm and her feelings on raising beef. Okay, so we're sitting here talking with Martha Kern at Strong Stock Farm. And Martha, I saw where on the mailbox it was established in 1792. It, yeah, it was a land grant to a four-time great grandparent um, in 1792, the bulk of the farm. It's my brother and myself that own it now, and um, we've got grandchildren coming, so we have our ninth generation coming on, so wow. that's pretty exciting for us. It is. Yeah. Well, it couldn't be a prettier place. I mean, this place is beautiful out here, rolling hills, and we're sitting on this big, beautiful front porch with this little 
little dachshund named uh, Ollie, and it's a uh, rain's coming down. This is like heaven on earth. Well, it's nicer to sit on the porch when somebody comes, because we never do this unless you have company. <laughs> Everybody always says, like, do you come and sit out on the porch all the time? No, if if no one's here, we never open the door up. We never see the front porch. Occasionally, we'll open the front door, and there'll be a package that, you know, UPS has put at the door that we had no clue had been there for months. Uh, sitting on the porch and looking at the pretty view is great, but we do not do it unless there's someone there to share it with that doesn't get to do it. So. Well, that's because you're all busy, 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 aren't you? Yeah. So y'all raise Angus cattle? Angus cattle, and uh, it's my husband and myself running the operation here, and we farm about 900 acres, and I am running approximately 150 mama cows, and we are doing an all-grass-fed beef program right now where all of what we sell basically is going into a uh, grass-fed beef program and we sell at Three Rivers Market and to uh, a couple of local food vendors. We do savory and sweet. We love to refer to them as our food truck just because <laughs> we love them so much and they're so sweet and all their beef comes from us and we do good dolly tamale which is the best tamale in the world so we they love are. that. But uh, Three Rivers market is like a, a wonderful place to do business with and it's a godsend for us because they have an on-staff butcher and they do such a great job of marketing and handling our meat and with uh, basically my husband and myself being the worker bees we don't have days to go sit at a farmer's market or anything and the other thing that I love about being there is that he sells our meat fresh, which is, you know, the best way, in my opinion, to get it. And um, so that's that's nice for us. But our Angus herd, uh, what I have right now, at times I've had a commercial Angus herd and I've had a crossbred Angus herd with my husband raised um, centipede cattle. So we did a cross crossbreed program. But now I've cut back to just all my straight Angus and my dad bought two Angus females in 1942, and all the females that we have now are descendants of those original two. So they're all a family, and they're, in my opinion, irreplaceable. I said, this is not the most financially best way to do what we do. But it's what I want to do. I mean, buying and selling cattle would be a lot more sensible, but then they wouldn't all be my cattle. And I love my cattle and their traits about them. We've never fed grain. So when the interest in grass-fed beef came along, we're perfect for it because it takes more than just not feeding grain to have good grass-fed beef. So uh, we feel like that we have a product that is superior in that they have been selected for performance on grass for 70 plus years, or maybe it's more than that now. But, uh, you know, we were ready for beef that could finish on grass, and mm -hmm. we really like it. 
and it's not just a craze. Y'all are doing this. Y'all been doing this for years and years and years and years. And I was reading something about your granddad on his deathbed. What did he say about grain? Oh, my husband says he told him, don't feed him grain. Grain's for birds. You know, we've, we've had livestock that we did feed grain to. When I started out, I did hogs, and we grew corn and wheat and ground our own feed and stuff. Cattle don't need it. If you select the right kind of cattle, you select for performance on what they have. And what we have is native pasture with fescue mixed in. And we have just selected for cows that can have calves every year on that and wean good calves and finish on it. And that's what you need to do rather than have a great big old animal that you have to feed to get a calf out of. So Mm -hmm. we're firm believers in no grain. I believe that you should eat grass-fed beef. I mean, it's better for you. The The content of the fat changes when they eat grain, and there are lots of things that change in the whole system. The flora in their rumen changes when you start feeding grain, and you're more apt to have, you know, bad bacteria and stuff, and they're just a lot of health advantages to the grass-fed. And I just think it's like, what God meant for him to do. I mean, he gave them four stomachs to convert materials that we cannot eat into something that has health benefits for us. So I just think that it's the way that it was meant to be. And And you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. My guest today is Martha Strong-Kern of Strong Stock Farm, raising grass-fed Angus beef on a 900-acre farm established in 1791 in East Knotts County, Tennessee. And she has some deep Tennessee roots with her people being Kerns of Kerns Bread and Iams of Iams Nature Center. After a break from our sponsor at Century Harvest Farm Foundation, we'll return to the second part of this interview and then hear from our friend Fred Sossman with a story about his grandmother and stuffed peppers. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. And on Friday, January the 17th from 6 until 8 p.m., I myself will be hosting a paint event at Century Harvest Farm. The theme will be a special Valentine's painting to give as a gift to a special person on Valentine's Day, and this will be a fun and creative event aimed at fostering love. And there will be wine and Century Harvest Farm charcuterie. The location of this event will be in the cozy farm gathering space at the farm in Greenback. 
100% of the proceeds for this painting activity will go to provide child care for 45 makers in the Century Harvest Farm Foundation from the Ground Up programming this year. This is a ticketed event and more information by Facebook by searching Paint, Wine, Sip, Century Harvest Farms and always centuryharvest.org. As far as taste, I've had grass-fed beef that I feel like, you know, it might need to be an acquired taste. I don't feel like ours has an acquired taste. I mean, I think the definitely the prime cuts that are the easy-to-cook cuts are probably, I mean, I think a grass-fed steak cooks like a grain-fed steak, a good one. But I do think that possibly you need to be a little more careful in the handling you don't want to overwork like if you're handling the ground beef because you can overdo it on patting it and stuff like that and make it a little bit tougher possibly like your slow cook cuts but I really don't find much difference in the ones that we market to other people like what we take to three rivers is always something that's going to be young under two years old all the meat is good in it there have been ones that we've eaten for ourselves that have been a little bit older that i probably wouldn't sell to somebody else that might be a little bit tougher but uh, you know what we sell to anyone else we just sell what's the prime product mm -hmm. so i don't find much difference well, if you if you eat well 80% of the time, you know, maybe you can cheat on the other 20. But we try to eat as much, and especially the last few years, as my husband and I get older, we try to look at the five-ingredient rule, and mm -hmm. uh, we eat a lot out of the garden. We eat a lot that's local and fresh, and try to do that as much as you can. I do think that we were meant to eat food from our area. I mean, wherever you are, if that's what you're acclimated to, I think the animals that come off of it and the vegetables that come out of it are giving us the nutrition that we need. So I, I just, that's something I have a gut belief in. Absolutely. Well, we find that like, you know, a lot of that I believe in our pasture and what the cattle eat and stuff. I mean, it would be nice to have pristine, perfect pastures, but uh, having a, a monoculture of like an absolutely perfect orchard grass field or perfect anything, that isn't the way things are in nature and especially where we are when we're in such a diverse flora region and it, you just find that there's some kind of relationship between having a lot of different stuff and that animals have the ability to seek out some of their own nutrition if there's something there. I mean, there's always mm -hmm. gonna be some things out in the field that they're never gonna eat and have no interest in, but you know, and then I go along behind them and clip them off with a bush hog. But in general, we don't use any herbicides or pesticides or anything like that and haven't for at least the last 40 years and just believe in kind of letting what grows there grow and trying to manage it with your animals, like try to turn them in on it and let them eat it down while they can.
and I do run along behind and clip. I, I love running the bush show because it makes it look pretty. It's like mowing our yard is like all weeds, but if it's all mowed, it looks good. So but it's oh, not it, it is so much prettier when it's clipped, although yes. it's pretty when it's not, but it mm-hmm. does not look the same. So whereas you might mow your lawn before you have company. We had an event here last weekend, so we mowed about 400 acres that was visible <laughs> from the driveway. It's so pretty. Well, here on this big farm, you, I know you have to work all the time because there's just no sitting down. So what's your most joyful chore on the farm? What's the thing you like to do the best? Well, if, if my air conditioner is working in the tractor, I love to Bushhawk because it's so pretty afterwards it makes it look like a golf course whereas before it looked like a weed patch and I mean there's the exact same grass there but something about trimming it is pretty so that to me is a real rewarding chore and it's nice and quiet and I put earplugs in and I I can't hear my phone you know <laughs> and um, it's just a time in some days when I may go around a field 40 times I get 40 gorgeous views at the top of it of the mountains or something and I see everything that runs across the field and all the birds and stuff so I love that I just love anything that puts you out on the farm and makes you be out and about Mm -hmm. it was nicer when I did it things more horseback but I don't do as much like that as I did so uh, my husband does that my husband is the resident wrangler so he's out on the horse every day getting a horseback view of everything which would be my first view but I like the um, tractor view too. Uh, In the old days when we grew grain I loved being on a combine that that was that was so fun because the birds fly in front of you so much because of all the bugs that you're knocking down and probably killing I don't know but um you know and just watching the grain build up in the bin and stuff I love that Mm -hmm. but um just all of it is wonderful I mean we feel blessed to get to do whatever work we have now like a day like today when it's rainy if we had cattle out somewhere or something then that would not be so joyous or they have a way of waiting until it's dark to find a hole in the fence or uh, you know walking on the railroad track trying to find out where something's gotten out or something those are some of my most unfavorite stressful (laughs) things so uh, there's some things that I don't like to do but in general we just love all of it Mm -hmm. and and I just love to watch the animals grazing on the grass and stuff I mean it's just fun to be out and see them it is and I love being able to really feel good about what we're selling and what we're doing and what we're producing. Absolutely. I mean, I just, being able to feel good about what you do, just, that's what it's all about. And, and I love what I did before, but I love it even more mm-hmm. now that I get to see it to the finish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that makes a big difference. Well... And you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. 
And we've just heard an interview with Martha Strong Kern of Strong Stock Farm, raising grass-fed Angus beef on a 900-acre farm established in 1791 in East Knotts County, Tennessee. That's located just off Rutledge Pike, and their products are sold at Three Rivers Market in Knoxville. And I put a link to their farm on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, and you can always find them as well on Facebook. And let's join our friend Fred Sossman with that little story about his grandmother and stuffed peppers. Save the pepper water, my grandmother always advised. Edith Ethel Kuntz Royal was a Depression-era cook who got the most out of her garden and her pantry. She would stuff bell peppers, making use of several garden vegetables and some sausage from the fall hog killing on the farm in Afton, Tennessee. She would cut about six green bell peppers in half and parboil them, saving some of that nutrient-rich pepper water. She'd then crumble up some leftover biscuits or cornbread, mix them with corn fresh off the cob, about three years' worth, along with a couple of chopped tomatoes and a chopped onion. Her seasoning was governed by her moods and by what was at hand, salt and pepper always, but often some oregano, sage, and chili powder. She would add enough of the pepper water to make the stuffing moist. Then she'd fry up about a pound of whole hog country sausage, breaking it up into small pieces. That went into the stuffing as well. She'd cover the bottom of a greased baking dish with some more of that reserved pepper water, stuff the pepper halves, and then top them with cheddar cheese. She'd cover the peppers with foil and bake them for about 35 minutes at 350 degrees, followed by 10 minutes of baking uncovered so the cheese would lightly brown. My grandmother was born in 1894, learned to drive a car when she was a young girl, and worked outside the home for the telephone company while her husband protected Greenville, Tennessee as night chief of police. They raised three children, yet at the height of summer, even when she had moved off the farm, she always made time to stuff peppers. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. Did you know that lots of seniors that live in our area have a monthly income of $800 a month? This makes getting to the doctor or the grocery store quite the challenge for many seniors in our community. And to help out, you are invited to attend an annual fundraiser which supports SMILES. SMILES is an entity within the Blount County Community Action Agency that provides non-driving seniors in Blount County with safe, reliable transportation by a dedicated group of volunteer drivers. And they are inviting you to the third annual Smiles for Mardi Gras fundraiser taking place Tuesday, February the 25th from 5 until 8 at the Green Meadows Country Club in Blount County, Tennessee. 
with live music from Pistol Creek Catch of the Day, dancing in a dance contest, Mardi Gras food, masks and beads, and a mayor's dance. This event is free to the public and donations are encouraged to help continue the service that Smiles provides. Put a link to this event in the show notes at TennesseeFarmTable.com and more information about this organization at BluntCAA.org. This is John Corkendall, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.